You are watching T Radio V, radio in TV. Welcome to the Pub Show, broadcasting live from T Radio V in Hollywood, California. This is where we elevate the creative cult, right? This is where creatives can be seen. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching us. I'm Poe. You know that. Okay, three book signing opportunities coming up for the release of Rogue Waves, Poems and Prose by the Master of Words, John Gardner. Thursday, April 28th from 12.30 to 3 p.m. at Sea Country Community Center. On the corner of Aliso Creek Road and Moulton Parkway, Laguna Niguel, co-featuring Randy, or Ra Randy, <laughs> <laughs> Ricky Mandeville, and Ellen Maybe. Sunday, May 22nd from 5 to 7 p.m. at Laguna Beach Books, 1200 South Coast Highway, Laguna Beach, California. And June 1st at the greatest little poetry venue in Orange County, the Ugly Mug. Hi, Phil. 261 North Glassell Street, Orange, California. Other readings will follow, including the Bay Area this summer, where John Gardner is playing Malvolio in Twelfth Night at the Marin Shakespeare Festival. So if you guys get there, check him out, because that'll be, that'll be great all summer long. On Saturday, April 30th at 9 p.m., the Bedros at the Pike Bar and Fish Grill, 1836 East 4th Street, Long Beach, California. 100% foot stomping cigar box rock and roll with Jason Farthing on cigar box guitar, suitcase kick drum, and foot tambourine. Macarena Rivera, lead vocals, washboard, tambourine, and shakers, and Ron Richard on harmonica and flute. Mix cigar box guitar and foot stomping beat. Add heap and scoop of blues harp, sprinkle with washboard percussion, top with searing female vocals, and add whiskey. Homemade music on homemade guitars. They're awesome. If you guys get a chance to check them out, that's like the old, the old, old time band. <laughs> all the all the instruments are homemade. Okay, so today we're still on the subject of music. Last week we had Jason Achilles Mazillus with his organic audio recorders. We're still talking music, but we're also also in including some visual arts and kind of three dimensional actually too with musician, artist. Featured in the documentary, It Might Get Loud, that creates instruments that are highly sought after works of art for such greats as Jack White, Jimmy Page, and Sammy Hagar, the Michelangelo of guitar building. <laughs> mm. uh, the great luthier, Randy Parsons. Welcome, Randy. Thank you. Bow, clap. Talking to the mic, too. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, not now, but in general. I forgot to tell you that. Because otherwise, we can't hear you. Okay, and joining him. Usually a solo artist, but probably not lately. One-man band. A do-it-yourself rock star releasing more than 10 albums, maybe more, and performing over 800 shows, maybe more. This is kind of old info. In his short little life. Lots of B vitamins. The star of the 2011 film by David Urbanic. My caddy won't let me. And, of course, my bartender at the piano bar, Noang. Hey. <laughs> oh. Uncle No-No. Oh, yeah. Soon to be a daddy-o. Yep, yep. Uncle, Uncle Daddy No-No. Hmm. Won't be confusing at all. Daddy No-No. Yeah, that'll work. Daddy No. <laughs> You're going to hear that a lot, actually. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and hairdresser, from and what I understand. Oh, oh God. Jason's hair. Ugh. <laughs> okay. Ugh. okay, we'll get into that later, maybe. That's a mess. That's a messy topic. Yep, and It is. And oops from a Mexican father and Soviet Italian mother. <laughs> Self-described <laughs> as a random, loud, creative workaholic, 
songwriter and recording studio session artist and proprietor design engineer for home record pickups joshua hernandez thank you thank you thank you okay so randy parsons hey you can adjust that mic because it looks closer? like it's too closer it's and try to like kiss it it's intimidating i'll be honest mm. but i can deal with it how's that i know the feeling is kind of large but look at Noah. He's like five feet from his mic. Yeah, but... He looks cool. I plan on talking loudly. He talks loud. Okay. <laughs> He's a loud, loud mouth. I'll loud get in mouth. here. I'll get in here. I'm in here. Okay, get in here. I'll follow. And then he pushes the mic away. <laughs> okay, and then, then Josh is going <laughs> to follow suit. just went out. <laughs> There they go. Okay. All right. Okay, so Randy, what the hell do you do? And why? Why? That's a good question. I'm a guitar <laughs> maker. I, uh, I make guitars. And why do I do it? I don't know. I mean, why do we do what we do? It's uh, you're supposed to say because I love it, and I just can't. Oh, I do, do love it. it, but but it's uh, I guess we should talk about that today. Why why we pursue what we pursue? Why we pursue, especially artistically, and a lot of times we can't pay the rent with that. Absolutely. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it's got to be no, right? I mean, everybody in the room is like, you know, we do what we do because we love what we do, and it's not about the money. Actually, I sure. think there's somewhere where you actually say that. It wasn't about the money. Well, it's 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 not about the money, but I love the quote from. But Walt I love the money. <laughs> well, I love the quote from Walt Disney. He said, um, it, "It's one of my favorite quotes. We don't make movies to make money. We make movies so we can make more movies." And yes. that really no, no, is no, exactly. the driving That's force. No, that actually really is great. Okay, you know what we're gonna do first of all, tech guys, in the room, we're gonna um, we're gonna do Randy Parsons Part One, Ooh. and then we'll talk about where this came from and who did this. But you'll see in the credits. Okay, we'll be right back. My name is Randy Parsons. I am a guitar maker. The idea of becoming a guitar maker, the idea of how I would go about it, how I would conduct my life and my business and everything that was related to that came to me all in one flash. The guitar had always been part of my life since I was a child. Uh, through junior high, I was kind of known as the, the guitar player and that carried through through high school and eventually went to college and studied the guitar. It was my identity. And after college, I just gave it up. I, I realized I wasn't going to make a living at it. I was introduced to so many talented people and I just wasn't cutting it. So um, I just gave it up. I don't think I even owned a guitar in my mid-twenties. I was 28 and I was taking a shower and it was like a flash of light. I just got this vision and it's, it, it was like a love story where the thing that I loved, I let go. And uh, it came back to me and it came back to me in this vision that I had. And that was, I was, uh, I was going to make guitars. I knew that in order to become a guitar maker, I had to build a name in a business, and I could do that through a repair shop. I had to be 100% committed to this, this journey that I'm on, and the repair shop was a way to be around my potential and future customers. I saw it as a learning tool and a, a way to make money. I didn't want to be this guy that, well, someday I'm going to be successful, but for right now I need a daytime job. I've learned what doesn't work and what does work in production guitars. Production guitars don't come with a kill switch, a switch that turns everything off. Every single professional musician that I work with that's on stage for a living wants a kill switch. That's why all my electric guitars have kill switches. I learned that in the repair business. It's been great. I've been able to basically understand what these people need and want in their instruments. The right people came into my life at the right time. It was amazing during this little journey I was on. And the first person, and probably the most important, was this world traveler, this gypsy guitar maker named Boaz. You know, he taught me how to make guitars with small hand tools. 
most important piece of information he gave me. He said, you learn to make a guitar with a pocket knife and you can do anything. Anything your, your mind comes up with, you can make it because you're in total control. And he was totally right. What's happening today is you have these guitar companies building these guitars and they're using these high-tech CNC robot machines and they no longer really know how to make guitars. I mean, you take these workers out of the factory and you give them a piece of wood and some tools and they have no freaking idea what they're doing. They don't know how to make guitars. They know how to push buttons. And I understand it. It's good business, but at the same time, it really is a dying art that's really benefited me because I get these people calling me up and they say, hey, I got this crazy idea. I want this guitar in the shape of a whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I can do that. They go to these big companies and they're like, uh, yeah, we can't really do that because our $1 million CNC machine isn't calibrated to do that. They're lost. And then I go back to what Bo has taught me. Learn to make a guitar with a knife, with your hands, and you can do anything. And he was spot on. Oh. Uh, uh, uh. Oh. I was fixing my hair. Sorry. No, you weren't. I was, and I saw myself doing it up there. Don't look up, by the way, because that's us right there. Do you see? Apparently, it? that was David Aldridge playing guitar in the background there. Oh, was it? Really? <laughs> oh, is he? You can he? tell. That's just what I got texted. It's just a note, but you can tell it's David. Okay, let's talk he about has Mr. David. a very David. distinct style. What does, David right. have, what does David have to do with anything? Well, you da go ahead. Let's talk about him. David Aldrich is a... Um, Since he's not here in the room. He's Hello, actually David. Hello, David. Hi, David. You're awesome. You know, he was a client of mine. He was really, uh, there were a handful of clients I had when I had the repair shop in Seattle. Were they really small? That, um, no, they were cool. They were, I considered <laughs> them small friends. Small people? Well, because he had him on the, oh. never David's mind. four foot three, so come on. <laughs> Don't make fun of him. No, he's actually tall. He casts David. a large shadow. He, um, he came to me one day, and he was a friend, and he was a client. He said, hey, I want to um, film you. And I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? What, what could go wrong? And then, you know, six months later, he's touring the world with, with the, this, with this little, documentary. Yeah, so, um, and it, it turned out great. It was lovely. He's, he's a really talented guy. And that's half of it. You'll see the other half in a little bit. I, I always, though, think, wow, I would, maybe I would say a few things differently or maybe add a few things if I would have known people beyond my mother would have been watching this tape mm -hmm. or film but um i was happy with it It was good it's it that was a long time ago so a lot of a lot has changed but sounds it's like relevant. it's time for a part two david okay but i just want to say one thing um it's still relevant in that when i talk about uh my journey as a guitar maker and a creative um i'm trying to speak to other people not other guitar makers but people that may pursue mm -hmm. hats or tv or or whatever the the, the genre is um and I think my words are really relevant to, to all that. Did you hear that? That's why I have this show. It's creativity. So, oh, no. my gosh. Can you say it again? What a good <laughs> sound bite. Wow. <laughs> that was beautiful. All you could say, Noah, was, Poe, what the fuck are you talking about? Oh, Poe. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> now, you know David. I do, yeah. Okay, tell me about David, Mr. Noah Ng. Uh, well, so David Urbanic uh, did a movie about me a while ago around the same time and both davids had a film in the tucson film festival yeah, i believe it was tucson. the tucson and uh so they met there and then i didn't really meet david aldrich for a few years after that i believe so yeah really? after that and then um i met him out in la and then he actually ended up financing the last record i did so that was the one with jason the rag honk one at raghonk.com raghonk.com honk honk and uh, so that's, yes, yeah, so that's the six degrees of separation there. Six degrees. Six Rrr. degrees is amazing. How do you know David Aldrich? I just heard of him. I know he does great work. <laughs> well, I've seen see? his name around. There was your see chance your to make up a story. Okay. <laughs> to keep us on schedule, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Don't go away. <laughs> Previously on Vantage Point. This is the thing that it's always funny about my stuff. You look at it first and you see all that flesh and all that, you know, like glowing flesh around and that shiny girls and stuff. But if you look closer, it's just like they're not so perfect as they seem. I don't just like use like model type figures and stuff. They're pretty curvy, exactly like, like maybe that pinup, like mm -hmm. grotesque, whatever. But um, 
This is what I, I draw a line to satire all the time when I do them. And just like even their beauty, there's something ridiculous in it or strange or kind of disturbing. To listen to the full interview and find more information, visit our website at vantagepointberlin.com. Okay, so uh, that was cool. Uh, I don't know who did that. There's something overlapping there. I did that. Wet puzzle piece. Okay, um, so do you do you say is that is it pronounced Kasha? Kasha, correct. Okay, can you explain that a little bit? It's from the from the man, right, Michael? Yeah, Kasha? Michael Kasha was um, a scientist in Florida. He had like 18 PhDs. Like a, a American physical chemist and molecular molecular. Spectroscopist? <laughs> Spectroscopist? Spectroscopist. Exactly. That Who guy. was one of the original founders of the Institute of Molecular Biophysics at Florida State University? The molecular man. You know what? And didn't he, I, here I ask you and then I say all this, but um, it's rumored that he bought an instrument for a, his child or something like that. Didn't know anything about it. But went on to like figure out how to make that work well but i don't know what he did that's what i want to know from you like well what he did uh real he was an engineer uh, yeah. and engineers actually make horrible guitar makers because they're too like where's the math uh, you know they're not yeah you hitting the wood or just hearing that tone that oh, we, yeah, we yeah. can all speak of right, um right. so there were a lot of theories that dr kasha had um that were kind of bullshit to oh, be honest, okay. he, he went too far, you know, well, the vibration is 0.33, you know, all these like, uh, technical things. But he came up with some great ideas, and he was the first one to take the guitar and say, you know, it's so um, symmetrical. But the way tones work are asymmetrical, yeah. you know, bass is longer yeah, and yeah, treble is shorter. Yeah. So he thought, you know, the guitar should be uh, asymmetrical. We should put the sound hole off to the side. And people thought he was crazy back then, and it never really got momentum as far as his, his designs and his shapes until now. Now if you look at the guitars that are coming out of all these cool makers all over the world, they're asymmetrical. They have that sound hole off to the side. And a lot of people have, have um, they don't know it, but it's Dr. Kasha that actually started a lot of that stuff that you see in modern guitars. And Richard Schneider? So Richard Schneider was a guy he recruited. Richard Schneider was a um, well-known he was, a, he was a smart dude, too? Well, he was a traditional guitar maker, so he made oh, classicals and flamenco, and he's the kind of guy, the wood whisperer. So he so was the other part. The yeah, other he part could of the taste team. a piece of wood and, you know, know if it was ready for an instrument. Uh, so those two got together, the scientist and the, the artist. Mm -hmm. And so it, it was a great collaboration because the artist was able to say, mm, that just doesn't look good, and, and it's got to look cool. I mean... You know, it's a guitar. Guy, of course, it's gonna look cool. So the the two of them kind of did some adjusting. They came up with the Kasha guitar, 
Um, okay, so but so you're so when when he teamed up with this guy, then things were better because he had the other side of it. Like he he was just a scientist. He wasn't a guitar maker, and his his vision wasn't very cool for what a guitar should look like. It was this, this monstrosity oh, creature, and so he had to um, you know get a real guitar maker to kind of say, eh, we got to make it kind of look this way, and then we'll take some of your principles. But, but that I've moved on a little bit from the Kasha. Okay, um, that's what I wanted to know too. Yeah, because I, yeah, <laughs> I know that's kind of where you. Where but it is a cool story because a lot of guitar makers, if there's guitar makers listening to this uh, show um, it, it's a part of history that a lot of people don't know about because again you can walk into Guitar Center and see all these cool modern guitars and I can look at them and say okay I see where Dr. Kosh's ideas influence that design and that design and that sound hole Okay, what well, you build guitars Yeah, I piece them together You Frank piece them together because I've, I've, I've seen your Frankensteins So do you know about <laughs> this guy? Absolutely And do you follow his methods or somewhat to some certain extent? Yes, actually um I'm random. I like a guitar for each occasion. I don't know play them to all guitars. Sounds like Jack White. So <laughs> each guitar has some random feature that the other one doesn't. I would go crazy trying to com combine all those features into one guitar. Yeah, I've thought about that sometimes. And say I it, Randy. Say like, it. I can't imagine. Here's the problem, and I think you guys will agree with me. The electric guitar is an instrument of the 20th century. That's yeah. what we want, and that's what people want, and that's it's that that rock and roll when it was born in the 50s 60s and 70s and it was produced by these guitars that we know and love the telecaster mm -hmm. and the whatever you know i don't know where else you're going to go with a guitar and i think people really want that 20th century tool yeah and it's no different than when you go to a jazz bar someone's not playing some stupid aluminum stand-up bass they're playing a stand-up yeah. bass yeah. that's been around for hundreds and hundreds of years exactly. so that's why these new ideas really mm. take it, it's hard to really get them to stick yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. Very cool. Yeah, it says um, treat each new guitar like it's a one of a kind sculpture. Embraces construction techniques used in the fifties, sixties, and seventies. And you're right about that because some things you that's just the best. I mean, like we're going back to vinyl now <laughs> sure. because we realize we lost all of that greatness in mm -hmm. trying to make it electronic or trying right. to make it, it in a it different took format. Me a, it took me a while to get to a telly. I never played tellies. I played. I had. Uh, <laughs> Couple less Pauls and some silver tones, and I finally got a telly. And I think I like I was ready for a telly when I got it's one. It's a it's the an age here. thing. <laughs> yeah, it's an age thing. I and was, then next comes kids. A tele, yeah, a, a, <laughs> yeah, next is Teletubbies. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Just like the older I get, the less gain I use. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Less gain, the better. Okay, I have no yeah. idea what they're talking about now. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a challenge for the modern guitar maker to to. Um, you mean the guy that makes it with a machine, or you're talking about somebody who makes just it? Just make something no. different, but that's the. They makes it different, but good. We we don't need someone to reinvent the wheel. Exactly, I was just going to say that. Yeah. 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 Got to just make a good wheel. So how many people do we really need making Telecasters and and knockoff right. Strats and it, it's tough. I feel like the last big successful company that did something different was PRS. And now they're copied by everybody. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But like it's happened. been a while. Like that. Right. Okay, we're going to see part two of um, that uh, documentary by Mr. David Allrich. I'm asked a lot, why the skull? What's the deep meaning behind the skull? And can you describe the benefits scientifically as far as tonal characteristics or maybe a deep philosophy of why you use the bone? You know what? Okay, here's the truth. It's just freaking cool. I mean, come on. I think I have things in perspective. It's just cool. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a great material. It's strong. It has some tonal properties, but um, sometimes I like to have a little fun. I'm building guitars, I'm not saving lives. I'm trying to offer my customers something special, an art piece, something that's actually made by me, not made by a company with my name, or a bunch of high-tech tools. This is something that I labor over. Everyone is different. Each instrument has my thumbprint on it. It's something that I made myself. And when a customer gets one of my guitars, he can be sure that it's a one of a kind and it's something that I personally made. And hopefully they'll see the value in that.
The thing about making guitars, you can put all this work into them and they can be absolutely beautiful, but they gotta sound good. You know, and you don't know this. You, you don't know until you string it up and plug it in. It's, uh, it's horrifying, actually, to uh, go through that process, put all that work into it and all the time and money, and then you get to that point where you're like, ah, oh, man, it better sound good, it better play good, better feel good in that person's hands. And uh, I'm kind of a freak because I'll deliver a guitar and then I'll go home and just be like, wow, I'm a loser. I completely failed. That customer hates the guitar. That's the worst piece of shit I've ever made in my life. It's just what I go through. I think any guitar maker goes through that, especially building an acoustic guitar. I think that's the toughest because you can follow the rules. You can experiment a little bit. You can do what's tested. And uh, you just don't know until you string it up. I think I'm more influenced by the circus that is rock and roll than I am woodworking. I'm into guitars, I'm into guitar making, and I'm into rock and roll. It's been so important for me to stay true to who I am. Instead of trying to come up with a theme that works based on Business 101 or what's popular at the time, and that's the philosophy that I've always had, and that's what's worked. Did you say Poe? Poe. Does that mean go po, straighten go. up and fly right? Okay. Po, po um, what was I going to say? I forgot what I was going to say. I was going to say something. Hmm, hmm. Oh, what's the deal with all the women? <laughs> How did you get anything done with five women working for you in Seattle? <laughs> it was tough. It was a problem. <laughs> we, uh, I no. feel you. My, co my company's name is Homewrecker. <laughs> we think I'm employed. Yeah, but we ne we've never gotten into that before, right? Right, Joshua? We don't want to say that on yeah, there, yeah. do we? The no, that's funny. Run by five women, three of whom are guitar makers as well. But that was your that, – and that's why you moved away from Seattle? <laughs> no, actually, a couple of them came with me. Oh, okay. That's cool. The others, they, they went on to do, like, real jobs. Real jobs? But uh, they're all friends, and we talk all the time. It was a great experience. I'm going to do the same thing in California, surround myself with a bunch of with women. With a bunch of women. But it, it's more of a, a business model. First ah. of all, I'm, <laughs> I'm difficult to work with. Ooh. And the, the thing about being a guitar tech, it's like being a gamer or being a programmer. Are you they a nerd? No they, no, they tend not to shower. They tend to talk all the time. <laughs> and so I was just like, I am not hiring these dudes. And then I hired my first girl, and it was just like, wow, how wonderful, you know? Yeah, they They're smell dressed. good. Yeah. They look good. And my clients like them. They're actually pretty smart, too. Girls are pretty... Problem well, that's solvers. what happened. They they really um they didn't put up with my shit very long, and then pretty soon they kind of started running my life the way I liked it, and it worked out. Just like having five wives. Yeah. <laughs> Just like Jason Mazzillas. Just Jason Mazzillas, <laughs> perfect. Yeah. And then uh, I ran out of money. No. Oh. No, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. That didn't happen. Scratch that last part. Okay. To keep us on schedule, we are going to take a break, so we'll see you real soon. Don't go away. I'm going to talk about this more. In this episode, we're discussing high art. So High art, the way I know it, the way I understand it, is um, one of those clusters, that part of this clusterfuck, claustrophobia, and all of the above in between and beyond. Um, I, I share many of the same ideas, ultimately, as Alexi in terms of exactly. personal art. Exactly. But mm. I probably have a totally different idea about high art than you do. Okay. I think high art things. is dead. Well, it is. That's that goes without saying. Art is dead, for that matter. Yeah. <laughs> Billionaires who have taken the art world in this direction, where it's all commodity, and you've got people without any taste at all spending billions of dollars on art. 
popular end, you have Instagram. Spend three seconds on each great art piece, you know, and... ATM machine back in the 80s when everybody was doing cocaine, the Instagram machine. <laughs> Advent of the idea that anybody can be an artist and you don't necessarily have to go through any kind of schooling to become an artist. Um, you know, there's too many fucking artists in the planet. Now. You know, nobody gives a shit if Donald Trump hates black people or whatever. They seem to want to vote for him. Just read and they would think about things. Right. I think this is the first time in human history where we can be distracted 100% of the time. That's why I'm coming with a vehement, vehement militant view of opposite yeah. because to me it's underground you're not packing heat are you <laughs> my view because i love answering my own questions <laughs> hey welcome back to the hollywood poe show April 28th at 2 p.m., The Art of Adam Stone, International Art Live Auction Online at bno.com. This International Art Live Auction will feature five of Adam Stone's latest large-scale original paintings on canvas. You guys remember Adam Stone, right? He was on the show. Whether you're familiar with his artwork or not, whether you live in Southern California, frequently catching his exhibitions, or are geographically challenged... This is an exciting and very unique opportunity to add one of his latest works to your collection. Several other talented artists will also be participating. For more info, go to bno.com. Okay, and this is cool. May 21st and 22nd. This is in my neighborhood. The Doheny Blues Festival at Doheny State Beach, Dana Point, California. This annual blues festival was launched in 1998 and offers an inviting festival layout highlighted by three stages of alternating music, an international food court, an eclectic vendor village with 50-plus unique booths, microbrew tasting, which that sounds great to me, especially now. A little beer in between the champagne? No? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> it's good to spread it around. And Kids EcoFest. Mm, kid won't be born yet. Mm -mm, okay. no. With educational exhibits for the younger music fans. From Grammy winners to music legends, Doheny has been host to many of the top names in rock, soul, and blues music, including B.B. King, The Black Crows, Bonnie Raitt, Crosby, Steels, and Nash, John Fogarty, Al Green, Etta James, bah, among others. Amazing, right? In my little, little Dana point. This year's lineup includes Leonard Skinner. Aaron Neville, Aaron Neville, the record company, and more. For tickets and info, go to DohenyBluesFestival.com. You don't like Mr. Sky Nard? No? I, I liked Leonard Skinner. I don't know who's in the band now. Yeah, I don't yeah. either. Although Ricky Medlock's in there. He still kicks ass playing guitar. How many original members? Do you like Sweet Home Alabama? Oh, yeah. Well, I know Ricky's, well, Ricky's been there since the 70s. So who do you think's there? Come on. Well, the members now are in their 20s, so I don't think that's right. right. <laughs> <laughs> They're all tatted up. Are they? Really? Yeah, the drummer looks like Tommy Lee. That's right, yeah. Oh, Tommy, good old Tommy Lee. He needs to be on this show. Yeah, Tommy Lee needs to be on here. I, I, I saw him, actually. Well, I saw Lee's all kid. of him. <laughs> Wait, what year was that? <laughs> do tell. No, I was talking about that video with Pam Anderson, which I think that kind of backfired because it was all about him. It was about Pam. We're like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you know, when you got a horse I, dick. I think the ladies like that like video way bit. more than the guys cared about. Well, maybe no, not. Many people like that video. Huh? Many people liked it. Huh? And, but <laughs> the, guys, the guys didn't like it. I don't think they watched it once, once Tommy came on. <laughs> like, Okay, I don't know why I'm doing this. Okay, let's get back on schedule here. Where, how do we follow that? Come on, Noah. Help me out. Oh, oh. we're going to talk about the Majestic Theater. Um, we have that little clip, I mean little picture. Show that picture. That's a haunted place. Tell us about your new space, Mr. Parsons. I love it. It's cool. It's, it is cool. <laughs> it's two blocks from the beach. It's uh, 7,000 square feet, actually a little bit more, and it's That's an insane. old... Hell's Angels Clubhouse that I took over. Nice. Yeah. Did you kick him out? No, he kicked him out. The uh, FBI <laughs> kicked him out. Oh. <laughs> but they um, there's a tattoo shop, so I have um, 
<laughs> it's this it's this wonderful, cool, funky building in the heart of Ventura, which is, you know, bikers and old cars and surfers. It's two stories. I have the whole second floor, and down below me are a few little shops. There's a tattoo parlor that's been there since 76, and it's Hell's Angels owned. Oh, what is it called? The Ink House. Oh, okay. Ink awesome. House. Okay, okay, yeah. It was recently in the, the History Channel. They did a thing about the Hell's Angels. Okay, yeah, the Ink House actually came up when I was Googling you. Yeah, and my best friend is one of the owners, so we, okay, we cool, hang out. Cool, cool. But it's cool. I will say this, that when the, the angels are out at night and their bikes are lined up and they're on the sidewalk, that's when the street's safe. It really is. No, no, no. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely yeah, yeah. is. It's the, the heroin and the crack punks that live in the park that do all the damage. But when the Hells Angels are around, yeah, they clean we actually stuff have up. some security. So it's really nice. And they come up once in a while and take a look at the shop. So I was very – I have, like, these posters of uh, the Rolling Stones at Altmont being guarded by the Hells oh, Angels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Strategically oh, placed cool. up and down the hallway. Oh, they appreciate that. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm still alive, so it's <laughs> good. <laughs> I think you're totally protected. Oh my gosh, the angels are looking over Randy Parsons. And we're doing some From cool below. things there. You know, I'm I'm still building the place out. It's huge. There's all these funky rooms. We're knocking down walls and bringing us some cool mm -hmm. machines. It's it's great. Okay, so as far as that goes, um, so you do repairs, setup, and you also have Parsons School of Guitar Making. So I don't do any repairs anymore. Um, okay. I'm I'm currently training some staff, and I'm I'm right now uh, teaching a few classes regarding the school, but I'm going to be bringing in people for that, and I'm going to concentrate basically on, on these high-end builds. Yeah. Building guitars. That makes sense to me, actually, because your goal is to provide my fellow musicians with the best <laughs> service possible since 1995. Or collectors <laughs> with real expensive guitars. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I, I actually have that little fact, too. Let me find it. It's right here. Where is it? It was right here. Now it's gone. Oh, here it is. No, it isn't. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Who was it? It was the it was the Microsoft guy. Come on, Paul Allen, Paul G. Allen. Wasn't it? Paul's a great guy. He's a customer. He's okay, a client. okay. So it was uh, the one with the scorpions. The scorpions, the, the, the black mm. vampire. He has a uh, the black vampire. This this yacht. I forget what it's called. The octopusy, or it's this huge yacht, and he's he's got the guitar on the yacht under a glass dome thing that was in double, 007 is he 007 he might be Ooh, i didn't know he that could be okay so yeah it says uh, or adorned with intricate scorpion carvings and the back of the neck is inscribed with secret writings that are only visible under a black light Ooh. and it's displayed under glass on alan's yacht on alan's 007 yacht there you go doesn't play it I'm sure he's a good player. He's a really good player, actually. But I think he prefers the, the old strats from the 50s, like everyone does. I, I think, and, and I'm, I recognize the fact that um, if you're a That's real so player, cool. like the guitar I play is an old telly. Yeah. But if you have the Telecaster and the 59 Les Paul and all that, and you're really geeking out over guitars and you want to start a collection, then you start going further, and that's when you come to me. Right. But I have no problem. Before somebody should start buying my guitars, they need to go out there and buy that Les Paul and the Fender Strat and the Fender Telecaster. They need those. Mm -hmm. and then Very you graduate. Then you graduate up sure. to fashion and function. Okay, we're going we're gonna to see. Um, it might get loud, that little clip. about modifying and kind of designing my own guitar. I like the body shape of this one. I was trying to customize one of these Gretsch guitars for the raconteurs. When people take a guitar that's known for a certain sound and throw it into a whole different context, something interesting happens. That's impressive. That's great. It was a single cutaway, and I had a, this brilliant luthier in Seattle, uh, Randy Parsons. He made it a double cutaway for me. And then I said, well, listen, I have an idea. Can you just, 
can you put a silver, uh, a green bullet harmonica mic on the guitar so I can just take it out and, and right there? What do you have to say for yourself, Randy? Morrison? Well, I was so young. We filmed that 11 years ago. And see, oh yeah, but the, no, I guess it was a, a while ago, huh? It yeah. was. It was. It was a great experience. I remember. Um, I'm in the film for maybe three seconds. No, it's longer than that's that. the one but part I remember though about because I watched it once, and that's the one part I remembered. But when they they came to film me, it was it was the semi trucks and the caterers and the union people and the three days of the, the this and the that for you know the three yeah. or four seconds. It's incredible. I would faint if Movie I ran business. into Jimmy Page. Well, I, I got, would I would just <laughs> I would be done. I would be. It's funny. I so I I had posters of him on my wall. I love <laughs> Jimmy Page. Like, He's actually the person that I said when I. When I got into guitar making 20 years ago, I said, I'm going to make a guitar for Jimmy Page. You did it. I thought I was crazy. But I, I was got it to, 2010? Uh, you did it. I got to go to L.A. and I met uh, Jimmy Page. You're in L.A. And, and hung out. Well, I was in <laughs> Seattle at the time, so okay. they flew me down. And it was kind of funny. Um, John C. Riley got on our little – we had a little party bus so we could drive around and – we kept scoping out the crowd. If it wasn't, if it was too big, we didn't want to stop, so we kept going around the block. It was uh, Jack White and his his family, his sister, his mom, John C. Riley, and his wife just jumped on the bus. And the whole time, I kept saying, "I don't even know if I'm." This was before the premiere. I'm like, "I am not. I don't even know if I'm in the movie, and I do not care if I'm in the movie. Just to be here no, and be no, part exactly, of it." No, 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 exactly. And so we got to see the movie, and I was like really impressed. We got back on the bus. Everyone's talking, and I said. Jack turned to me and he said, hey, Randy, wh what'd you think about the movie? And I said, because I have a very dry sense of humor and sometimes it gets me in trouble. <laughs> I said, I thought it was going to be more about me. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the problem with that is I wasn't able to correct the disaster that followed later when Jack got interrupted by his mom and everyone's head turns and I'm just like, oh, oh no. Nah. Okay, and we got to take one more break. We'll be right back. We're running out of time. What'd you make for Jimmy Page? We're doing spoken word, spoken song, but we talked about photographers. We talked about yeah. painters. We talked about dancers. Yeah. We talked about uh, Shakespeareans, regular actors, poets, writers. Art on any level, whether it's music, visual art, um, writing, you know, any kind of creative endeavor, that there's there's a value to it. We merged the worlds together, the art world and the music world. You know, they say everything is with the bright brain, the visionary, the imagination. So what we need to do is, as spirit beings who are, have limitless potential, is to tap into the left brain. When you improv, you're completely connected to the music. from the opposite direction. I started with the best of the best. <laughs> exactly. Right? I started with uh, Versace and Armani and Yves Saint Laurent. It's kind of becoming like the rock star thing to do is uh, instead of being in a band and going on tour, we just go on tour to paint walls. And it is a challenge for us how to be true to ourselves and at the same time be able to, to pay bills, be able to, to, to do it as a vocation habit. Industries change. We have, we have gaming. We have animation industry. I started my career as as an animator, a Disney character animator. A figure drawing instructor at uh, Noman School of Special Effects. Create a sculpture within a sculpture within a sculpture. You can create things that unfold. You can create things that work and walk around. Things like that. So, people's imagination is going to just going to be ignited. Yeah, I was a professional stage actor for eight years in New York. Yeah. What was weird is that when I was spinning around, I literally felt, I started laughing uncontrollably, and I felt like I was going insane. Creativity in art in all shapes and forms is a way of communication with everybody. It, it, you know, it goes through language barriers and racial barriers and everything. 
Okay, so, okay, so you you currently offer is it three guitars you're offering now? Right now, but um, I'm getting ready to launch my whole new life, and that's been it's Ooh, been kind of launching a, a new life. Oh, so, a secret new life. That's right. And that's what I've been working at for the last three years in this. But we're not going to hear about it today. Hell's Angels Hangout Pad that I acquired. <laughs> I, I do have the three guitars that are listed on the website and um, continue to make those. I have, you guys can show those those photos. I have the three photos no, of them. I see these. The Bruja, right? The Bruja is a witch. And the bat. And, uh, the bat's evil. I love the bat. So awesome. I love awesome. the bat. And, okay, and the bat. Wait, the bat. Who I love the bat those knobs. The bat that was made for, who was the bat made for? Parker Lundgren. Okay, that's right. Old man Lundgren's kid. <laughs> you, always say, you always say weird shit like that. No, well, you know. And the white mare. The that white mare that was a that Jimmy was Page build. Oh, man. Yeah. So he got number one. Look How at does that. he rank? Look at that nut. <laughs> Excuse me? You're not supposed me? to look at his nuts. Look at that nut. <laughs> that nut is awesome. That's the coolest nut I've ever seen. What's up with that nut? <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's totally going in the clips. <laughs> that right there. It's like okay. a wave nut. So do, you <laughs> so do you want to talk about your new life? My nuts? Are you ready to talk about your nuts I got more now? questions about his nuts. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is going south again, but it's almost it's almost over. You want to talk about that or no? It's yeah, not time no, yet. I, I'm building, um, so I'm building these guitars called the Wonderland series. And oh, I know about them. They're actually, did you say something about them? You said something about them. Instruments for an alternative lifestyle. <laughs> reality or universe, whatever you want to go. Ooh. We are uh, building one for Alex O'Loughlin. He's the uh, hunk of Hawaii Five-0. I don't know if you've seen the show on CBS. I don't it's, like hunks. Uh, he's a good guy, though. He's really cool. <laughs> I don't like good-looking people. I don't like good-looking people. <laughs> they make me look bad. Me neither. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no. Um, so, anyways. We don't have pictures of those? Do we have any pictures of the hunk? No. He, he's, a, he's a cool oh, guy. Oh, not the guy. No, we, this is the secret. Well, they're, they're, oh, they're being developed. We're not there so, yet. Oh, this is right, right now, it's an Alice, Alice in Wonderland theme. We've got the red rabbit, the white rabbit, the red king, the black king, all those. You know, oh, the that's what I have. I have the, um, I have the, you just have a list. You don't have what they are. Oh, and the you red. You can't see them. It's secret. You can't see them. The red queen sold. The white queen sold. The queen of hearts sold. The red king sold. The king of hearts sold. I'm busy. The Mad Hatter, 75 grand. <laughs> the White Rabbit sold. The Red Rabbit, 50 grand. So the Caterpillar, hundred. you can get the Caterpillar still, 150 grand. But these are, you can't see them, though, yet. No, because it's too hard to explain. And like it's the Alice in Wonderland theme, so it's There's a lot magical. of, like, exoskeleton construction going on, multi-layered inlay, 3D stuff, really cool, really cool stuff, but in a classical format. Okay, let's look at the w one more video. Let's look at the sleeping sleeping hollow, because you can kind of see how wonderful and amazingly creative this man is. For the last two years, I've been building all these Gretsch guitars for famous people, and they haven't actually been Gretsch guitars. And so finally, the Gretsch company contacted me and said, "Hey, it would be nice if maybe you could actually build us a guitar." This represents two years of these Gretches I've been building, uh, as far as electronics, finish work, kind of all these new ideas. I've incorporated all of them into this new Gretsch guitar called the Sleeping Hollow. It's kind of a dark, gothic, hot rod Gretsch. It's got the uh, flower petal finish, which I've been experimenting with the last couple years. It has some uh, fancy electronics that a lot of professional musicians have kind of grown to love. The hardware is, is aged, but it's a, it's a very involved process. We first take all the hardware and we uh, copper plate it. And once it's copper plated, then we can turn around and do the proper aging effect. I put a lot of fancy electronics in this thing, but like anything else, you've got to be able to break it down and it has to, uh, it has to sound good in its pure form. So this represents the, the instrument as it sounds naturally. Uh, and that's the beginning that's important. It has to first sound great naturally, and then we can augment that tone with all these fancy dancey, you know, buttons and switches and power amps that I've kind of hidden inside the guitar. But trust me, it rocks. We got this little switch here called the gas pedal, and and yeah, it's 
It's it's quite exciting. Okay. Wow. That's pretty cool. Okay, so when it, when are you going to launch these guitars that I've already all sold? Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's tough. I've got like I said, I'm I'm pretty much a one man show right now. So I'm I'm doing things from. You need plumbing. to hire all those women. I'm I'm hi- well. I took an ad out in Craigslist. Okay. What do you need me to do? What do you need me to do? You almost got sued. It, How well, did you word it? I, I had to actually talk to an attorney. He's like, no, nah, you can't specifically hire a woman if oh. you're, you know. So oh, I rewrote the right. ad a certain way. Got over 100 people. Nail polish. And you know, it's like, no, no, no. That's a guy. That's a guy. That's a guy. Girl. Hmm. No. So I have a, a few interviews tomorrow. We'll see how it goes. What nice. do they got to do? They have to um, be wash, on top of their game. Wash your, <laughs> wash your feet? No, I'm actually... Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm hiring someone to train. I'll totally wash First your feet. First of all, there's nothing nefarious. <laughs> I'm the coolest person to work for. I really am. You're the coolest person. Oh, stop it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Except for Noah and, and Joshua. There is never we anything the three nefarious coolest going on. In three coolest room. people in one room. Yeah. I'm not saying anything now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so where can we find you? You want to send people to your Arsons guitar shop? Guitars. Actually, guitars. it's by appointment only. To, to come and visit me, because I'm hardly ever there. But uh, Parsons Guitars, see us online. Come make us come check it out yeah it's great and i'll be Best using guitar these, on the planet these capacitors for my guitars that are right where you we're okay come on about. come on that's your cue made in Go. brazil uh i import them from here i do production management on them basically i want to see where, wh- all this what stuff. notes do you look at up there you're, when you're ever you're in this room you look up there and you're reading I'm, stuff I'm waking, from a tele- the teleprompter wake, it's like starbucks <laughs> every time i'm on the show i wake up i shower and i arrive Oh, wake up, shower, and arrive. Mm. At I least wash you, my hair for you, too. At least Come you can, Oh, God, that's awesome. Okay, Noah, uh, piano bar. Huh, what about Thursday it? night. Yeah, I'm still at the piano bar Thursday, on Thursdays. Thursday, yeah, Friday, yeah. Friday, Saturday. I'm there, yeah. And then I work there, yeah. I'm, I'm back in the studio uh, sometime in the next month doing a couple tunes for no other reason than I've got these two songs that I'm uh, really happy with and I want to record them. And um, I do not want to record a full record. So got a couple fun things coming out. Okay. I'm pretty stoked. Where can we find you? Noah Ng, E-N-G-H. E-N-G-H, yeah, on Facebook. You can also go to raghonk.com for the last Raghonk.com. Okay, anybody that's been on the show or is going to be on the show, wetpuzzlepiece.com. Check that out. You can go to all my social media. All my junk is there. You can see all of the shows that have ever been here at T-Radio V for the Poe Show. And we'll see you next week. We're going to talk tattoos next week. Not you guys. Not 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 and the guys nuts. under you. And nuts. We're going to talk about some more nuts. So we'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. See ya. You are watching T-Radio V. Radio and TV.